And here we are once again, Rogue Table Talks uh, for this week of February, what is it, 4th? Mm-hmm. Uh, 2021, the year of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> I like saying the year of our Lord. <laughs> that's going to be no a new thing now. No one ever says that. And, uh, that's, what, and uh, that's what AD means. And that's why no one ever says AD anymore. It's CE because we don't want to say in the year of our Lord. I mean, that's why I like to say it. Uh, 2021, here we are, February, RTT 91, um, and uh, we are in the uh, Groundhog Day, post-Groundhog Day, fugue, funk, cloudy, rainy, dark, and yet the Groundhog sees a shadow, and we've got six more weeks. I didn't even, I didn't know that. When was that? Which, a few days ago? Ah, uh, Tuesday? Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. All right. Six Is it weeks, February first? Or... Groundhog Day? I don't. I don't know. That's something like that. Um, which is an ironclad scientific uh, reality. Uh, that's how God determines the weather in North America. <laughs> <laughs> he consults with Puxatani Phil. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's it going to be this year, Phil? <laughs> well, it's up to you. I'm, I delegate that. I delegate <laughs> the last part of winter to Phil. Watch that be really true. <laughs> when we get to heaven, it's like we will know really? in full. We know in part now. That's one of the things we'll find out. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, no, it feels uh, it feels long, and I think it feels long too because we're just dragging on along in this sort of pandemic. It feels like. Um, you know, we're vaccinating people, but not very fast. And, you know, how long is, you know, how much longer do we have to keep doing the stuff and so on and so on. And, um, I think even we just sent an email out last night, big Creek is not having in service in person services this weekend because most of the staff has COVID has, has COVID. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when will it end? Who will stop the rain? It feels like uh, it never will end, but I think it will. And we'll be transitioning to some different new normal this year. And that's that's something to look forward to. Uh, and yet, you know, we still have to figure out how to live uh, faithfully now. So what's it like there in South Carolina? Uh, it's consistent. It's consistent. Um, uh, people get... People have cases, test positive. Um, we've slowly opened up ministries, but they're strict with masks and social distance. Mm -hmm. Like our, our students sit, you know, by themselves, mm -hmm. one person six feet apart. But mm -hmm. we've had in the last month, four to five staff get it and they're all doing well and back now. But yeah, mm -hmm. um, so the... We're not, you know, the South Carolina and our county, we're not closed. And so, you know, restaurants and stores and all that stuff, they're mm -hmm. quote unquote normal pandemic procedures, masks yeah. and whatnot. So, yeah, so yeah, it's like that here. So some people are going out uh, and, if, you know, again, as you travel west, even in the county, it's it gets looser and looser. But uh, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it'll be good at some point to not, uh, not have this to talk about. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we should pray. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, 
prayer and, you know, Jesus is teaching on prayer uh, and Matthew. And what's, what's, what's our problem with prayer? What, 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 we don't, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I don't think we're very good at it. <laughs> uh, wh- wh- why do you think? Well, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that is just the conversation between prayer, necessity, pain, comfort. Um, I think for most of us, if we're honest, we don't necessarily lean heavily into prayer until we really feel a need for it until we're hurting mm-hmm. our, our key relationships are hurting mm-hmm. something it's like i think it's maxwell that said something about you know people only change for a few reasons and pain is one of the greatest motivators for people to change and so i think that that relates to that um it's probably an indication of uh, what we believe about our own formation and spiritual disciplines and whatnot. Um, if we only pray when, when we are in pain and, um, maybe it's a bit of a thermometer for us, for our, for our heart. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, we, so we misunderstand in another way of, you know, I, I can, I'll reinterpret what you're saying or interpret it and saying we misunderstand the way things really are because we feel like we're not always in desperate need of prayer. We fool ourselves uh, until we can't. And then, you know, we're driven to prayer. And then the prayer then is centered around that, which cries crying out to God is not a bad thing, but that probably shouldn't be our only, you know, diet of prayer. Um, And, uh, you know, I do think there's some sense of, our life and prayer can either go together or sort of butt up against each other. Mm -hmm. And kind of what you're saying that if we live as if we're uh, self-reliant, independent, got it handled, know what I'm doing in a, that in a way that sort of feels better to live that way. Well then, you know, that sort of thing probably diminishes our sense that we need to pray and you know and it's only when our plan a fails as we you know we've said before or is failing or is threatened um when really we probably shouldn't be on our plan a at all so i mean let's let me jump into a passage where that's going to be you know our touchstone um and there's a couple things as i looked at this this week that that jumped out a little bit new although it's a familiar passage it's matthew 6 starting in verse 5 it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do for they think that the will <clears throat> they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask them. Pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Um, so that is, I think, a familiar teaching. It's part of the Sermon on the Mount. It's the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but I want to I want to start with something that I didn't read, but it's the version in Luke where this is preceded by the disciples saying to Jesus, teach us to pray, um, which for whatever reason kind of jumped out at me anew um, because I thought, do I think I need to be taught to pray or do we think we need to be taught to pray? And should we, you know, should we? Uh, and what is that teaching? Um, I mean, do you think we need to be, I mean, do, do, do you believe that most of us think that we need to be instructed in prayer in some way? <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, maybe if we, maybe we think, maybe we know the right answer. Yeah, 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 I need to, but I don't know how seriously we take that. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes the disciples get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is a good example. Uh, and I would you'd probably suggest that they, if we know anything about their religious culture, they probably prayed more than we do. Sure. Yeah, um, certainly. So for them to say, teach us to pray was not, we don't pray ever. And we need you to show us um, how to get started. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're asking they're asking something. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting because there's probably it seems there's some sense that they watch Jesus pray, and oh, he's that's different. Like that's we don't do it like that. There's some qualitative difference to Jesus's prayer that they're like, well, you know, tell us about that. Teach us to pray, and the implication is teach us to pray like you pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think we feel like. We wouldn't say this, but this is, I think, an underlying sense that the manner, the form, the timing, the content of prayer is up to us, Uh, that we have freedom to pray however we want, whenever we want. Um, And so that's totally up to us. Whatever works for you, pray that way. Um, Do you think we think that? What are the issues with that? Well, I mean, it doesn't reflect teach us to pray. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it kind of reflects. I, I don't. I've got this figured out. Um, yeah, I, I, I think in one sense that's not a bad place to start. Um, you know, any. I think any time we show up to prayer, that's a pleasing thing. But then the other side of that is this passage in the beginning of there are ways to pray that obviously um, are mis where we've been misled. Right. Uh, or we've taken the wrong path, or um, it's 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 not fruitful prayer. You know, I won't go so far to say it's displeasing to God, but there's something we're up to in the prayer mm-hmm. that yeah uh, we we're unaware of. Right, not so good. Yeah, and I think it's so. Yeah, you have God, you know, God the Son, the incarnate God, saying, "Don't pray this way. Instead, pray this way." Yeah. Which is, you know, that's sort of the basic things that I don't, I mean, that basic idea is something I don't necessarily think about very much. And 
it implies something about prayer. I think that I may be forgetting who's on the under, other end of this thing that like, I'm not talking to myself, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sending an email that, you know, I'm in conversation with the King of the universe and he might have a thought or two about what constitutes good prayer or, you know, the right kind of prayer or the wrong kind of prayer. And it probably should pay attention to that. Uh, and at the same time, juxtaposed is also what you said that all, whenever we show up to prayer, it's probably good. And that we, d- we're not going to get it perfect and we don't have to worry about every little thing. But at the same time, we are talking to the King of the universe and he says, don't pray this way, but pray this way. Mm-hmm. And it's probably something we need to think about or, you know, does my prayer life reflect that? And I think for a long time, mine didn't, I was much more the, uh, I mean, I, I never was in a liturgical, I didn't grow up Christian, never was in a liturgical, you know, tradition. And yeah, you can pray anytime, pray without ceasing, you know, pray in the car you're driving. And all of that is true, right? but that's can't be, and that was basically, I mean, I wouldn't have said this, but it was 90% of my prayer life was just sort of, you know, w- formless in a sense and whatever it is kind of came to my mind at the moment. Uh, and I think that's wrong because Jesus says, don't pray this way, pray this way instead. And I never really even considered that. For the most yeah. Part. And I think I, you're right. I think here, whether we, I think we got to be careful being only spontaneous or being only, you know, liturgical informative and, and saying this way is the right way. Uh, but within either of those places, the real concern here is the motives. Mm-hmm. Why are why are we praying? What are we? How does that reflect what we're praying? You know, he says here, people. There are people who like to be noticed for their prayers, so yeah. they're praying in such a way to get attention or approval. Yeah. Um, you know, and and Jesus says, well, that's all they get. Then that's it. If, if we, when we pray that way, you got your approval. Someone yeah. thinks I'm more spiritual or someone thinks I'm really theologically accurate or something. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think. Yeah. So let me ask about that. That's an interesting, you know, you, that sounds like um, that's for people who pray out loud in front of other people. So pastors and so on, um, you know, is my prayer performative? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's true, you know, or, you know, I don't know, heads of households to pray out loud or whatever, um, or small group leaders or so on. But I think it might also, can we pray performatively if it's just me and God? Can I pray performatively by myself? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Like I pray to impress myself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And I have my reward. It's funny, but I mean, come on, let's all be honest. And there are times that we we are impressed with our prayers, or we're yeah. praying to ourselves for ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, dear listener, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I was like, oh, where's he going? <laughs> Other than I don't know if I believe you. 
<laughs> you say because we're so good at prove we're so good at deceiving ourselves, <laughs> and we're so worried about getting stuff right that we want to feel like we got it right. Uh, and so I think there's this, you know, as we talk about getting it right, whatever that means, it is a matter of heart, first of all, because that's the whole Sermon on the Mount is about the heart. And whoever, it's not me who's deciding it. And God knows in this part of this mystery of prayer. And sometimes I just have groanings that are too deep for words that I can't articulate that the Holy Spirit, as Paul writes, in Corinthians has to articulate for me. So it isn't really about performance or articulation or knowing the right theology or any of that at all. Um, and so I think that's a, uh, that's something that I think all of us have to consider is that we are talking to the King of the universe. Actually, he knows us completely. Uh, if we're performative at all, he sees through it and it's, you know, that's only for, for us and it's better to kind of drop that facade, you know, to go in secret in, you know, where no one else and to pray authentically, um, you know, is, is that's, that's the prayer that the father is asking for. Um, and so I think that's something to think about as well. And then if you look at the actual prayer, the form of the prayer, um, you know, he says, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. <clears throat> so that's another thing to think about. Like, I don't have to... It is more about the heart, even though the form and, you know, the manner is important, because God knows, like, if I forget something, it's okay. Or if I don't say something right, it's okay. I don't need to heap up words upon words to cover everything because my father knows what I need. Um, and so keeping all of that in mind here, then is the prayer and it's the Lord's prayer. Uh, and it's, you know, starts with a recognition of God and a worship of him. And then it is a, a request that God's will be done fully and finally. And that's kind of comes with a, there's a promise embedded in that that one day his kingdom will come and his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven and there's a recognition that it's not that way yet and uh you know that's kind of essential to prayer as well our daily needs our daily you know dependencies on him confession from forgiveness with the recognition that we have forgiven and so we may need to forgive we need to confess and we need to forgive uh, and then uh, a request to lead us away from temptation, that we live in a world of temptation. We have an, an enemy who seeks to cause us to stumble, and we need, we cannot evade him uh, on our own. And that's sort of the form of this, this prayer. Uh, and I th it feels like we, there, there's, there's a daily rhythm to that, that you can put, other kind of form of prayers in there, but I don't know if a lot of our prayer might be just supplication and we sort of skip over some of the heart of this uh, prayer. What do you think of that proposition? Well, let me, let me try to read this in light of when you said 
what the Gentiles do. So here you have um, kind of just a statement of what is our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's a request also, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's uh, very much, um, you know, this is, a, this is about God bringing his kingdom. This is about us being shaped into people that God wants us to be. This is about our dependency. And I think that's contrasted actually against verse 7 when it says, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard. Um, so another way to phrase that is that's a pagan way of praying. And the pagan way of praying is maybe there's a formula for prayer so that I can be in control of God. Mm -hmm. If I can say the right things or pray enough, I'll be heard, which means I'll get it my way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's contrasted here with this is not about being in control. And I think we, we all do this. You know, I, I want to. I want to say the right things, or maybe if I feel the right things, or you know, quote unquote, believe enough when I pray, then th these things will happen. God is waiting just to do it if I get it right. And uh, I don't, like I said, there's probably a grain of truth in there, but I think that's contrasted against the Lord's Prayer, which is a posture of dependence, a posture of I am in need. And God is the one who provides. It's, you know, me who needs to submit to his will, not the other way around. So I, I think those are in play with each other. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So the one turns into the genie in the bottle sort of approach where if I do this right and I rub the, you know, the lant, lantern, lantern the right way and issue the right incantation, the genie will come out and grant me my wishes. Mm -hmm. uh, and instead, it is the opposite of that, basically, where I'm actually praying for God's will to be done. I might not even write, I, I might not even want the right things. Uh, I probably, in some cases, almost certainly don't want the right things. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> There are some people who need to trust more in prayer. There are some people who need to uh, maybe, you know, trust themselves a little less. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do hear that. I prayed for that. I prayed for that for five years. Okay, well, it might not have been God's will, and it, God's will is. If, do I under? Do I believe that God's will is always better in the long run, even though I don't understand it in some mysterious way? And it's, can I really pray that for God's will to be done? Uh, and I think during this pandemic time, during this uncertainty in the church, I've certainly have prayed that uh, more earnestly this year, that I don't really know what's supposed to happen here. Yeah. And it's, it's a recognition of something that's always true. I don't really know what's supposed to happen here. I might think I know. I might offer it up, and it's fine to, to pray specifically for something in the spirit of unless you want something different and then you know i want to submit to you and that's partly to me the weight of praying that prayer which i'm generally been in the habit of uh in the first thing uh, uh in, the, in the morning uh praying the lord's prayer is there is a sense of worship and yet and then submission to like whatever you want is what I'm, I'm recognizing that whatever you want is what I should want, even if I, it's not what I do want. And I want yeah. to submit myself to whatever you want. 
uh, and this, you know, that I'm not in control, I can't control the outcome uh, kind of a thing. And I think there's some essential, there's some healthy thing to that, this daily prayer, because he talks about daily bread. So this implied that we're praying this daily, a daily posture of, I want what you want today. Uh, and that goes for the church, for the world, for the political situation in our country, for our family, for our family relationship. You know, it goes for all of that, that I have to submit all of this to you. And if I really do that, it should lower my anxiety level. It should give me a completely different perspective over it. It might lower the stakes on some of those things and, uh, and you know, emotionally. Uh, and so there's a lot of healthiness to, if I can really, if I can really earnestly pray that prayer that, I, and I, I do think uncertain times make it easier to pray that prayer earnestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think when we begin to pray, if we really analyzed it, it's more about, um, praying for our control of situations and outcomes. Um, we pray for, you know, I, I want a good, happy marriage. I want a promotion. Um, you know, I want this house. I don't know. I want this job. I want to go to this school. And it's not that that in and of itself is bad. I just think that's probably reflective of um, how we begin to pray. And then I think as we grow in prayer, it's less about control and more about surrender. And we're, we're more accepting mm -hmm. that God is in control and he's brought us today exactly what we need and he's given us all things. And uh, maybe there's room for more gratitude there. It's just mm -hmm. you're grateful you have what you have and you yeah. uh, go right. forward. So I, I feel like right. that's maybe right. a pattern. Yeah, and I think that's, it's not bad to pray for things that, that you desire. Right. Can I pray for them in an open-handed way that, I'm praying for this with the recognition that if God has something different, that's then I want that. I want that more, or I commit to pursuing that more, even if I don't kind of emotionally want it more. Um, well, you, 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 you progress. There's this, this analogy of the spiritual life from children to adults. And, you know, I don't begrudge anything my kids ask me for. I, you know, that's a, I, I'm happy that they feel the freedom just to express themselves. Um, I would also hope that when they're my age and they have me as an adult parent, that maybe that looks a little bit differently, right? They've grown mm -hmm. up into maturity. It's not that they become independent, like, you know, that's the analogy obviously breaks down, but that it's not um, a, a bank of money that gives them everything they ask for type thing. Right, right, right. And then you'll have to ask them for things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the tables have turned. We, we live long enough. <laughs> We live long enough, we'll be asking them for things. Um, yeah, which would might be good to remind them of. Uh, um, yeah, and so it's it's yeah, and that so that kind of uh, there's a there's a point there too. There's a congruence between my prayer and my actual life. Like I, uh, you know, if if I'm really praying for God's will to be done and I live as though I'm trying to control everything tightly, there's a, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a conflict there. There's an incongruence there that is going to probably either change, either the prayer is going to change that, or that's going to change the prayer to where I, 
I'm, I'm going to slip back into the genie uh, in the lantern thing uh, a little bit more. Um, and then there's the daily bread part. Um, and I think praying for others can, you know, I can, I, I sometimes pray for the church to have what the church needs for my fa- I pray for my family members. Um, so it's not just my daily bread, but, uh, it's the needs of, uh, the people in my life, uh, sort of thing. And again, there's a recognition of, uh, and I think for me, there's a sort of, you know, there's a sort of interesting interplay where I might be the source of some of that daily bread for someone mm. else in my life. Yeah, I like that. You know, that, that, you know, that it's not a magical thing that, you know, I still have agency. I still have responsibility. I'm still engaged in this process, but I recognize that God is ultimately the the source. I'm that, you know, it might come through me. Um, and again, there's also this, this recognition that I don't really control what happens to them that I have to give them to him as well. Um, and I think that's all of that's, healthy and the alternative is i think anxiety provoking and or reality denying if that makes sense Hmm. right Mm -hmm. do you find that Mm -hmm. yeah i think i mean i hope that as we grow in prayer we're growing in knowledge we're growing in character formation we're cooperating with the way the rhythms that god has set up in the world and then I think the aim is that we become with people whose hearts are enlarged. Um, you know, this is a, uh, let me look back real quick. This is a, a communal prayer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think, and, and praying it individually is fine. As long as we have the communal aspect in mind, this is our father, you know, who's not just saving individuals, but a community and we're offering each other daily bread and we're receiving daily bread and we're offering mm-hmm. forgiveness. And hopefully we become people who, um, because God is in control and because uh, we can trust something larger is at work, someone larger is at work Then yeah. Um, I think there is an effect upon our emotional life, our mental life, yeah. Um, now there's yeah. people with certain stories that obviously need more than prayer or prayer and yeah. something. It's not, you know, I know you and I don't believe just read your Bible and pray is the solution to everything. Right. Um, but the habit of spiritual rhythms and spiritual disciplines can be a great help to people. Yeah, I just, I think that's a, a, such a good point that it is a corporate prayer, just like m- most of scripture is addressed to us corporately that the use are plural uh and what we can turn it into individual prayer mm-hmm. and i you know the idea that to give us our daily bread that it doesn't you know that it implies an obligation on my part to be a part of that for other people yeah what they need and it's part of it's that you know, I'm going to receive daily bread from other people as well, that if there's this interaction, this communal interaction, um, and this certainly is true with the forgiveness thing where, 
uh, I think when I was younger, when I would pray the Lord's Prayer, you know, forgive me, um, was, you know, in earnest. And then as I forgive others is sort of theoretical. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I'm not mad at anybody right now. So, you know, someday I I realize. Yeah. Right. That's, I think, still the hardest part of that prayer is, you know, we're always sinning against each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to be too, you know, Debbie Downer, but that's just the reality. Uh, And so to be honest with who do I need to forgive? Uh, or overlook or pass over. I mean, not everything is a, some big, you know, confrontational situation, but who do I need to forgive? What do I need to let go of? Um, is something that I still probably is still the part of the prayer that I would skip over or, you know, s- slide over. Yeah. Well, and friend, just heaven forbid, we take the last part seriously. Yeah, and heaven forbid <laughs> that, that if we that, don't forgive, yeah, it's actually a requirement. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's sort of the again worst subject. Um, pray this way, don't pray this way. You know, don't do it like they do it. Do it this way instead. You know, pray for forgiveness, and you need to forgive. That this sort of again congruence between a prayer and it isn't a genie in a bottle. It's you know my transformation, our transformation together, prayer, all of this goes together in a way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't make sense to pray that if I'm not actually going to, if I'm going to hold stuff against people, right? We can do that pretty for a long time, right? We can pray this prayer and hold stuff against people and not realize that's a big contradiction. Well, we kind of probably pray these hidden curses upon them you know it's it's maybe we're we we, we don't feel comfortable actually cursing them right. uh, but we it's something smite them with yeah, yeah. they smite yeah. them with thunderbolts no but it's something like you know i i wish they would get that so they stop doing this you know mm-hmm. they need they need to know obviously they don't know like i know and so they need to know and it really it's a vengeance driving that sort of prayer as opposed to really change yeah change them change them Change them. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> that would be an honest prayer. <laughs> I was going to say, is that too honest? <laughs> That's too honest. Uh, yes. So, um, yeah, there's there's obviously a lot to say about prayer. Um, uh, and, you know, there's a lot we've said here. So, I, you know, I don't know as we as our time winds down how to how to leave this with people other than to, you know, I kind of feel like to encourage people to feel freedom to approach God authentically, but also to realize there are some instructions that go along with that, that will be, that will help, that will help that will help prayer and will deepen our relationship uh, with God that, you know, that we need to be taught how to pray, just like we need to be taught everything. And that, it's better if we submit to that. And uh, so, um, and, you know, let's encourage one another to, uh, to pray and to live by God's power in a way that's doesn't conflict, you know, with this prayer. Uh, 
as he makes a sable uh, together. So, so let's leave it there. Um, have a great, have a great week, everyone. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.